Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. What do I eat to help my training is the number one question we get. So Karen and I use Athlete's Plates as an approach which can help get you the right nutrition for your training level. So today we're going to take a deep dive on Athlete Plates for easy, moderate and heavy training so that by the end of this episode, you'll know which plate to choose on a day-to-day basis for your training. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen as always and our topic for today is athletes plates in practice but before we delve into the subject I would just like to say welcome back to our regular listeners and also if you are listening for the first time a really warm welcome to you and we do hope that you enjoy this episode and also all the others in our back catalogue and the ones that have still to come and and I have to say that Aileen and I really enjoy our podcasting but we also love to hear from you all so please do drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com to introduce yourselves and share a little about your running and your nutrition goals it really helps us to plan our future topics for the podcast so do get in touch now we do also have some free downloadable ebooks at our website that's runnershealthhub.com which you may want to have a look at as they are all aimed at helping to support healthy eating and your run training So just look at the top menu bar for free nutrition guides. And we find that the most popular one to date is top running snacks and nutrient timing. And that really looks at helping fuel your running and which also goes alongside much of the advice that we share on our episodes. So we do hope it helps you. Okay, Aileen, after that, let's get started. So as I said, um, we're going to talk about athletes' plates in practice. And when we refer to athletes' plates, we're really talking about using a nutritional tool which helps to decide what and how much food you should have 
have on your plate related to your training and everyday activities. So the key areas we're going to talk about today are why were the athlete's plates created and how using them as a nutritional tool may be supportive to your nutrition and your running goals and performance. We'll also go into a little bit about how do we use our athlete's plates with our clients And then we'll give you an example of how to use the athlete's plate concept. So, Aileen, (laughs) I've said enough, I think. So I'm going to hand over to you. Really lovely to be here with you again. And I just wanted to ask you why we're talking about this subject today. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Uh, Well, we're talking about this subject today because we do we use athlete plate graphics with our clients to help them plan their food on a day to day basis. And and we often refer to everyday plate balance and athlete plate balance during our conversations on the podcast. So I just thought it would be a good idea today to share a little bit more about the background to the development of the athlete plate concept and also explain um, how you can use them to support you, your run fueling, really so that you've got a sound nutrition foundation. And that's for every level of running. Um, and this is going to help support performance, support recovery and injury prevention. And often I find, I'm sure you're the same, Karen, that that people aren't really sure which athlete plate to choose from and, and you know, what they should do on a day to day basis, depending on what their training is. So we we aim to help everyone with that today. Yeah, I totally agree, Aileen. I think there is some confusion about which which plate to use on which training days. So, um, so let's get started. And maybe we could start with looking at the background to the athletes' plates and who created them and why, Aileen. I think that would be really interesting to know. Yeah, well, they were actually designed by an American university as a visual tool. Um, and that was the University of Colorado, um, Colorado Springs. And, um, it was developed by in their sports nutrition graduate program. And it was led by a research uh, scientist called Nana Mayer. And it was also in collaboration with the U.S. Olympic Committee. Um, their food and nutrition services. So, you know, quite heavyweight uh, institutions uh, behind the athletes tool. And the aim was really to help sports dietitians and athletes to adjust their nutrition to the variable training loads that they might be following, um, including how they used it with periodized training and their competition plan. And so what they did was they developed and designed these athlete plate graphics for uh, three levels of training, easy training, moderate training and hard training. And uh, we'll put links in the show notes so people can actually take a look at what they created. Um, now, since then, the um, the plates were reviewed by um, the um, U.S. Olympic Committee sports dietitians and they did a, a sort of a validation study Um to and we'll we'll talk about those a little bit later on uh, and more recently they've also developed a vegan and vegetarian athletes plate so that's sort of hot off the press you know it's very very recent but it, again it's quite interesting to have a look at um so the the validation study that i just mentioned um were with regarding the, the the vegetarian and the vegan plates that's going to um I'm just going to rewind that. There was a validation study originally to look at the original plates. And then there's a second validation study to look at the 
uh, vegetarian and athlete plates and that's the one that's coming up soon and that's um, those results are due to be presented at the 2023 annual American College of Sports Med Medicine uh, meeting uh, which will be in Denver and Colorado and that'll be at the end of May this year so pretty soon so I guess we can expect some kind of publication around that timeline um, to discuss uh, why they think that using the vegetarian and the vegan um, athletes plates are, are a valid thing to to use. Mm, so it's a case of watch this space and we can come back with um, any information from that conference as and when um, the publication comes out. Now, you can find the Athletes Plate graphics on the web and they are widely known about. So I guess they must be used quite a lot. So let's have a chat about the content of an Athletes Plate and then maybe we can go on and talk about our interpretation and how how we use them. So Aileen, I'm going to hand back to you again for that. Yeah. So when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about the athlete's plate that um, UCCS developed. Um, ours is slightly different and we'll cover that later on. So with regards to these traditional athlete's plates, there's three main aspects um, that are highlighted. So it's uh, lean protein, um, whole grains and grains and vegetables, so three main aspects. And they, they also give some very basic generic information regarding healthy flat, fats, fluids um, and flavours. And they talk about flavours being herbs, spices and condiments. Um, now, the, the concept is really to help athletes choose the correct balance of these food groups to support their level of training, whatever that might be. So the base for easy training is to eat a quarter of a plate of protein, a quarter of a plate of, of grains um, and also um, half a plate of, of vegetables. And then for moderate training, the protein element remains the same, but the grains increase to a third of a plate. And uh, for both the easy plate and the moderate plate, uh, they talk about whole grains um, and cereals. Um, for heavy training, again, the protein element remains the same. But what changes is that they move to half a plate of grains. So it's doubled, um, almost doubled in size from the easy training um, and a quarter of a plate of vegetables. And, and I think the key thing to know is the change from whole grains to grains. And although they don't explain it on the graphic, you know, my understanding is that they're suggesting that you could use more quick release carbohydrates and refined grains because of the level of training you're doing and uh, the importance of getting that carb uh, carbohydrate load. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm just thinking, Aileen, you were saying about this new um, plant-based vegan stroke vegetarian athletes plates. How does the advice vary when considering the plant-based athletes? Yeah, well, the main um, thing is that the protein element is um, is bigger. So the protein element is approximately a third of the plate for each of the athlete's plates. And this is really because you're likely to need a bigger portion of plant protein to allow you to hit your protein target. Um, and, and they also suggest that athletes should add protein rich snacks during the day, which will also help them reach their overall protein target for the day. Um, so 
it's a little bit, um, you know, you've got to get your head around the proportions, basically, because it's a little bit different from the traditional plate. But for the easy plate, the proportions are um, 30% of protein, so roughly a third of a plate of protein, and then uh, a 20% or a fifth of a plate of the, the cereals or the starchy foods, and then 50% or half a plate of fruit and vegetables. So that's the easy plate. Now, for the moderate plate, you know, I've, I've looked at the graphic and I, I, from my interpretation, I would say it's roughly a third for each of the food groups. Mm. And then for the heavy training plate, it's um, a third protein. So, again, that, that's something that doesn't change. And then it's half a plate of the cereals and starchy foods and a fifth um, of vegetables. Um, so, yeah, you need to take a look at them to just sort of get that into your head, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the other advice on the graphic is, again, good good advice. Um, it's reminding plant-based eaters to be conscious of some potential nutrient depletions, just, you know, the, the depletions that you tend to get because of you following a plant-based diet. So they're saying check vitamin B12, zinc, and vitamin D status. And although it's not on the graphic, they don't mention iron on the graphic, but they mention it in something else later on. So iron is obviously another thing to be considering. Uh, And the other interesting thing I picked up was that they suggest that you eat a portion of fermented foods each day, which I think is really good advice for everyone, um, Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder if if they'll update the other athletes plate too because I, I guess it was something that was developed a number of years ago. I, I haven't found out when, um, but, you know, it might need updating to bring it into, um, you know, the latest research. Mm. Mm, on the gut bacteria, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking about, Aileen, as you're speaking there is, you know, you were saying that the the, tri- the athlete's plate for vegans and vegetarians goes up to a third of of protein now uh, a third of a plate of protein and I'm just thinking that within plant-based protein food sources there's still quite a bit of carbohydrate in there as well so although it appears that carbohydrate intake the amount has been reduced they're still getting a fair amount from um from that protein food not all of the the foods but a lot of them they'll be getting the carbohydrates as well so i think that's an interesting point regarding the division and how they've divided up the the plate now thinking about the 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 protein plant-based protein foods what what do they suggest what does the university of colorado suggest for for protein sources yeah well they suggest um soy-based protein so things like tofu tempeh edanami beans um also um, beans peas lentils chickpeas they also list things like hummus which is obviously made from chickpeas um and they also mention nuts and seed um now, they, it's listed, and another thing that's listed is meat-based alternatives, but they do say that the, we should choose these foods to be minimally processed, which, again, is is good advice because there's a lot of plant-based processed foods out there that aren't necessarily that healthy. So um, that's, a, I think, good advice that they give. Now, in one of the graphics that I looked at, they actually break the plate down by percentage, and I think it was for the um, the easy training plate, but they were saying that the um, 
you know, breaking the protein down further alongside all the other things. They were suggesting that 9% should be beans and pulses, 20% should be soy products, 1% should be nuts and seeds, 20% being the starchy cereals. And then the split between fruit and veg, the 50, other 50% of the plate should be 33% veg and 17% fruit. Um, so I don't know whether they're actually saying that's what you should do or whether they were just saying that's how their research panned out. That, that seemed to be what happened. Um, so again, that's quite interesting. I think for when you're a plant based eater to make sure you're getting a spread of different types of protein and not just sticking to the same ones. Yeah, definitely. And it's very easy to do that is just to stick to the same the same um, foods, the same protein foods, because they appear to work. But it does sound like really interesting research for all plant based eaters and runners. And it will be interesting to see what comes out from the conference um, and the data later this year. Now, did you find any um, of the athletes uh, plates were referenced in any other research, Aileen, or just that one area yeah not not a great deal to be honest um but i did find you know i mentioned the validation of the athlete's plate um the traditional athlete's plate so i found an abstract um describing that and and basically what they did was they had a small study which involved uh 12 uh, registered dietitians um and um the registered dietitians are the the american uh, dietitians um, and they they asked them to create a range of virtual and real plates of food for each of their training intensities so for easy for moderate and heavy and then they analyzed what was on those plates and um, you know checked out what the, the contents were and the, the sort of conclusion of the study was that the athlete plate does meet the nutrition recommendations for athletes at different training intensities with regards to the amount of energy you're you're taking on board uh, carbohydrates fat and fiber but actually it was exceeding the recommendations for protein um so that was that was interesting i'll put a link to that um that uh, study in the show notes and and they also suggested that further research should take place to consider this protein discrepancy um so that an athlete's plate model could meet the health and performance goals of the athlete, but also consider guidelines for sustainability. And I think they were thinking about, well, if we're overeating protein, do we really need to? Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. So I, I guess what we can take from that um, is that perhaps individuals should measure the protein intake more accurately. And um, and I think we also have to remember that protein requirements do vary um, between individuals, especially depending on body composition and age as well. These need to be taken into consideration. Yeah, definitely. And, and just thinking a bit about the sustainability aspect, I think there is generally in the world a wider concern about the impact of the on the environment of farming animal protein. And um, interesting, that led to another study, which I guess was as a result of the recommendation from the first one. Um, and that study was where they look at the they evaluate the impact of the athlete's plate on in, on the environment. Um, that's quite a detailed um, 
study. I won't go into that today because that's not really what we're here to talk about. Um, but I will put a link into the show notes because it's probably an interesting, um, you know, if, if you're interested in the environment, I think it'd be an interesting read. Definitely, definitely. And the, and the impact of um, farming animals for protein. So Aileen, thinking about each of the plates that we've spoken about, what do the researchers define as easy, moderate and heavy training? Okay, so I'm going to quote some um, something from each of the from the um, the Olympic Committee and the UCCS, um, what how they describe it. Um, and I, I've just taken this from a, a an online article. Um, but for a, for an easy um, day, they say an, e- an easy training day would con- contain an easy workout or tapering without the need to load up for competition with energy and nutrients. And an easy day meal might also apply to athletes trying to lose weight, um, and athletes who require less energy or calories due to the nature of their sport. So that's the sort of uh, the official um, description of what an easy training day would be. Yeah. And I suppose if we think about what we do at Runners Health Hub, we would say to use this as an everyday nutrition plate um, for easy running and that easy running up to 90 minutes, but also for rest days as well. So that's where it's slightly different in the way that we that we um, advertise our plates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving on to what they say about a moderate day. So they describe a moderate day is maybe one where you train twice, but focus on technical skill in one workout and maybe endurance or strength in the other. And a moderate day should be your baseline from where you adjust your plate down to easy or up to hard training or a race day. Hmm. Yeah. And again, our interpretation there would be to use this moderate plate when running distances up to around 14 to 15 miles. So, Aileen, um, what about the hard plate? What do the the um, U.S. Olympic Committee and the University of Colorado say about that? Um, well, they say a hard day uh, contains at least at least two workouts that are relatively hard or a competition day. And if the competition requires extra fuel from carbohydrates, that you would use this plate to load up in the days before, throughout and after the event. Now, I think the one thing we've got to remember that, you know, they're focusing probably on um, college athletes. So younger people are probably doing a lot of training and they're probably, you know, bordering on the professional athletes as well. So I think we've got to bear that in mind when we're thinking about this. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, thinking about our athletes' plates, we we suggest using the, the hard day plate when running more than 15 miles and also um, for race day as well, when it's the long endurance ra- races, such as running, you know, a 20-mile Kingston run like I did recently, a marathon, long trail runs, ultras, etc. That's when you'd be looking at using that hard a day athlete's plate. Now, this plate really is a, a is a great guide for pre competition meals for endurance sports, like we say. And um, 
And even though your plate is the same size, it's the food choices that you're filling your plate with that's going to change and should have a much higher energy density, which then means they have more calories to fuel your exercise. And this is why you see the increase in the grains, in the starchy vegetables, because they are naturally high in energy. So really lots of information for you to think about. Um, So I'm just and I'm just thinking maybe next we should chat about our style of athletes plates, um, Aileen, and are they any different? And we kind of sort of hinted that they are um, a little bit different. And then how do we use them with our clients? So um, let's move on. Okay, so in principle, we do follow the same format as the UCCS athletes plates. Uh, we categorize the food groups slightly differently. We call them protein, carbohydrates rather than saying cereals and grains. And we focus on low GL carbohydrates and we include starchy vegetables and fruit in that group. And the vegetable part of the plate includes all non-starchy vegetables, salads, herbs and spices. So we've got things labelled slightly differently and categorised slightly differently. Yeah, absolutely. And just as a reminder to everybody that low GL stands for low glycemic um, carbohydrates. So low glycemic load carbohydrates, and they tend to be the complex carbohydrates, so not refined. And um, as a result, they take longer to digest. So the glucose enters the bloodstream more slowly. And so our blood sugar bal- is balanced with none of the, the, the peaks and troughs, the highs and lows of, uh, of sugar balance. And, um, examples of some low GL foods are the whole grains. Um, so for example, rice, brown bread, whole wheat pasta, um, fruits low in sugars like berries and orchard fruits, apples, pears. And some examples of high GL foods um, are the likes of the, the refined white carb- carbohydrates, those sugary fruits, foods, and the tropical fruits and root vegetables as well. Now, we also uh, refer to complex carbohydrates as slow-release slow carbohydrates and high GL carbohydrates as quick-release. So, um, so the, 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 those names we interchange quite a lot. Um, Aileen, from there, I just wondered, would you recap on how the plate balance helps to support and manage blood sugar balance, and why that's important? Yeah, well, first of all, we we've tailored our athlete plates for our client group, which predominantly is the midlife female runner. And one of the underpinning nutritional principles um, for our group of clients is to help manage blood sugar control, because that's really key for a healthy body composition, for energy production, and also for hormonal balance. Now, controlling the the portion of the low GL carbohydrates on the plate, that means you'll be eating enough carbohydrates for your immediate energy requirements, not too much and not too little. Now, if you overeat carbohydrates um, or undereat carbohydrates, there's a potential for the blood sugar roller coaster. You mentioned the highs and lows there, Karen. Um, and that that typically what can be what happens when you um, overeat or undereat carbohydrates. So with regards to blood sugar management, the protein element of the plate um, as, as we said earlier, is to help slow down um, the absorption of, of glucose into the bloodstream. Um, and protein 
has other functions, as we all know, um, and it's there to um, help build and repair muscle and promote lean muscle mass. So, you know, for, for our point of view, we, we're thinking about protein in, in two particular areas. Um, now, you know, we were talking earlier about needing to um you know, on occasion, we have to be a bit more prescriptive about how much protein we need. Um, so if, if you were to work with us on a one to one basis, we'd be really drilling down to adapt your plate to your individual requirements. So we'd be working out how much protein, how much carbohydrate and, and what overall energy requirements you have. Um, so I think the, the key message is it's really important to balance blood sugar so that you avoid energy dips, weight gain. Uh, brain fog, hormonal imbalances, and then, you know, potentially more serious health conditions like type 2 diabetes and metabolic conditions. But there's lots of positives from having a balanced blood sugar. Um, so the positives are high levels of energy that are even throughout the day, so no dips. Um, it will help support and optimize um, body composition clarity of mind and also it helps balance hormonal health which is really crucial when you're in the midlife phase definitely so we've talked about um the protein and carbohydrate element of the athlete's plate so let's just talk a little bit about the role of the half plate of non-root vegetables and salads so eating half a plate of vegetables and salads um at two to three meals a day will um, equal to roughly the recommended seven to nine portions a day. And also within that, if you ensure that you eat a rainbow of colours and a wide variety of different vegetables, you really will be supporting your immune health and your digestive health. And we can't emphasise enough how important this is for everyday health, but also as a runner, you know, our, our gut health and our immune health are really important. So um, so just being mindful of ensuring that you get the seven to nine portions of non-root vegetables per day. Yeah, that's, um, again, pretty good standard advice, but really important advice. And, and, you know, everybody will know that we very much promote eating whole foods. So our, our athlete plates really don't include processed foods. So we, we discourage you from eating processed foods as much as possible. Um, and when it comes to using quick release carbohydrates, we'd, we'd minimize the use of refined carbohydrates and sugars on a day-to-day -day basis, although, you know, we, we would use those for fueling your, your run training. Um, so I wondered, Karen, if you had anything else to add about how our athlete plates maybe differ from the, the standard um, mm -hmm. standard plate that we've been talking about. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add there, Aileen, is um, that our plates well, the, how they differ um, from the university um, plates is that although both promote fluids and the importance of fluid intake, I think ours highlights more the importance of having water, whereas the university plates also promote tea and coffee and also flavoured beverages. Now, as we know, tea and coffee are known diuretics, so not particularly supportive of optimal hydration and 
and we clearly um, at Rudder's Health Hub, we, we believe that sort of that pure water with added electrolytes, if required, is the best way of maintaining hydration, but also rehydrating following training. So I think that's the only other thing I would really want to, to pick up um, on that. But you know, we do really embrace the use of the athlete's plates because I think they are a, a, an easy concept for clients to follow. However, they do also have their limitations because the information is generic um, and therefore, as always, needs to be tailored and tweaked to um, to an individual and, and to make it more personalised alongside considering the meal and the snack nutrient timings as well. So, so, um, so they have a, a great place, I think, and I, I do feel that they're an easy concept, but have to be have to be adjusted. So, you know, we use our athletes plate graphics with all our clients in all of our programs, including our one to one personalized nutrition um, plans, the Healthy Women Healthy Runner program, and the Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program as well. Which I think Aileen leads nicely into maybe suggesting uh, an advert break. So, uh, so shall I hand back to you again? Yeah, sure, Karen. Um, so, yes, this is the moment in the episode where Karen and I take a minute just to talk to you about what we do outside of the podcast. And one of the questions that we get asked uh, regularly um, is or a statement that people say to us is, I don't know what to eat to help my running. Um, that's often the opening line when people are, are inquiring about working with us. And um and also the opening line when they join our Facebook group too. Um, and that's why uh, we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program. And the easy part of the Easy Nutrition for Runners program is the the bit that we emphasize because the program is easy to listen to. It contains easy action steps, which build up into a food plan and habits. And it has easy recipes, easy food lists and easy planners. So you don't have to think too hard um, and you can just get on with the action steps. Now, it, it's for us, we believe it's more than just a video program because you also get a bonus one-to-one -one food diary review call as part of the program and an invitation to join our program support group and coaching circle. So as well as working through the videos and the action steps yourself, you've got a regular opportunity to check in with us and ask questions and get advice. And we really love helping our clients make the most of the program and, and the food diary review call can help bring everything together for our clients. Now, part of the program includes some example case studies where we talk about different runners and how they uh, may apply the athlete plates depending on their training load. So that's a really helpful uh, way of just comparing what you're doing against these case studies. And then it also might give you a discussion point to have with us in, in one of the forums that we've just mentioned. So if you've been listening today and thinking you'd like to know more about how to apply both everyday nutrition alongside sports specific nutrition, then we think this program is a great place to give you the information and also some easy action steps too. So if you are interested in finding out more, please look at our website, runnershealthhub.com. Look at the top menu bar, uh, work with us and the drop down menu will take you um, to Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. You can read all about the program there. But if you have any questions, uh, please email us at hello at runnershealthhub.com. 
um, or book a complimentary call to have a chat and find out if the program is right for you. And also to say thank you as one of our valued listeners. Uh, we've got a special offer if you would like to uh, register for the program. Uh, the coupon code is POD, P-O-D. And if you use that uh, code, you'll get a 33% discount off the full price, which brings the price down to £199. Uh, there's a multi-payment option, too, if that's of interest. Um, we'll also put the link uh, to the program in the show notes. Great. Thanks, Saline. OK, so now let's maybe round up with an example of how an endurance runner might use the athlete's plate in practice. And Aileen, I was just thinking you're speaking about um, the examples that we have in the Easy Nutrition um, for Healthy Runners programme. So I thought maybe we could use one of those examples. And I was thinking maybe of Christine. Um now, maybe you could give um, a bit of an overview of her background and goals. Now, just to reiterate that Christine is an example, a, a, a case study. So she is fictional and we're not sharing any personal details about any of our clients. So um, Aileen, could you maybe give us a bit of background on Christine's goals? Yeah, well, when we dreamt up Christine, she sort of mirrors many of our clients. So Christine is 55. She's semi-retired. She's an experienced half marathon runner and she's training for her first marathon. And her big concern is how to fuel for longer runs. And also she's concerned about how to protect herself from injury during training. Uh, she's been in a running club for many years and is really focused on being healthy. Her everyday nutrition is good, uh, so it's great. She's got a great foundation to build on. Um, she's following a marathon training plan, which includes one uh, long run every week, which builds her mileage up uh, towards her goal. And she also runs shorter distances three times a week, which includes a short evening run with a running club. But the rest of her runs tend to be early in the morning. Um, so that's a, a little bit of a description of Christine. So first of all, Karen, you know, thinking about the Christines of the world, uh, what would you say the priorities would be for any marathon runner, whether they're a first time marathon runner or somebody that's more practiced? Yeah, well, I think that really any marathon um, runner really needs to be focused on fueling their training runs, you know, taking on enough energy from everyday food to keep energy levels high during training and also to manage hunger and appetite as training load increases. Now, particularly as you get to the high mileages, being fueled correctly will really help prevent hitting the wall. And also, I would say um, it's important to start practicing pre and during and post run fueling as your, your um, miles increase. Now, food choices should be good quality and nutrient dense, as we've been speaking about throughout this episode. And um, good quality nutrition, as we know, is vital to support that recovery, to support muscle rebuilding and repair, which will also help to protect against injury. So that would be my my key tips, really, for a, a marathon runner. Yeah, well, that's great advice for uh, for everybody to think about and to start putting into practice. So what advice would you give Christine when uh, she's thinking about selecting athlete player choices? 
Yeah. Okay. So, so really what I would be saying to Christine is as she's an early morning runner, my tips would be that it would be okay to run in the fasted state first thing in the morning if her run is less than 90 minutes or certainly up to 90 minutes, but no more. If it's longer than 90 minutes, she would need to pre-fuel. So maybe having a pre-run breakfast one to two hours before her run begins. Um, I, I would say that the easy plate would be fine for her rest days and for her easy training days, less than 90 minutes. And the moderate plate would be appropriate for days when her training run, her long training run is building up to 14 to 15 miles. But then once Christine's training runs um, reach beyond 14 to 15 miles, that's the time she would want to start to introduce the heavy training plate. So um, start eating in those proportions, I would say, from the night before her long run and certainly um, on the day of the long, long training run. Now, on those days, that would translate into quarter a plate of protein, half a plate of the healthy carbohydrates, so the whole grains, oats, root vegetables and fruit. Um, and um, that would, so the fruit would be a, would be really good choices, along with a quarter of plate of the vegetables and salads. So she would also be fueling with um, quick-release carbohydrate snacks pre, during, post-training as well. That's really important. Um, I won't go into the specifics, but if everybody, if anybody did want to know more information about that, um, we'll put some links to other episodes in the show notes that would really help um, you make decisions on when to introduce the quick release carbohydrates and which ones to introduce as well. So, um, so that would be some tips for Christine. Right. Thanks, Karen. And hopefully that gives everybody an insight in how they would adapt their food plan to use the athlete plate concept. And, and in the Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program, we give you an example food plan for Christine and for also for the other runners that we talk about too. Absolutely. And I think it also shows with with Christine being an, a, a, a marathon runner, it just shows how all the plates can be used um, and and sort of using the moderate plate as the baseline and then um, moving it moving up or moving down, uh, depending on training. So so again, like we said, Ella, it's a really easy concept to get your head around and it's visual. So that helps to make it easy. But on that note, Aileen, I think really it's time to round up um, this episode. But just be before we go, could you maybe finish with giving us your key takeaways from um, today's episode? Yeah, sure, Karen. So the athlete's plate concept is a tool to help nutritionists and athletes to adapt food intake to the variable training loads for easy, moderate and hard training. Uh, the components of the of the plate include protein, carbohydrate and vegetables. Uh, the protein part of the plate is unchanged with the level of training. However, the carbohydrate element increases with the level of training. 
You should use the easy training plate for everyday nutrition, for easy runs and for rest days. Uh, the moderate training plate should be used for runs up to 14 to 15 miles. And the heavy training plate should be used for runs above 15 miles. Um, and the runner should use the heavy training plate from the night before the training run or race and on the day of the long run. And remember that pre, during and post run fueling should apply alongside the plates, the athlete plates uh, that you're using at meal times. And I think that's probably my key takeaways, Karen. Great. Thanks for that, Aileen. And thanks for all the insights that you've given into the athlete's plate concept. And um, just leaves me to say, remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.